Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis. Hi, Ben. I just I, I just complimented Ben before we started. It was part. the nicest thing I've I ever heard he, in my life. His style is sort of reached <laughs> this peak uh, combination of Conway Twitty meets the Harlem Globetrotters. He's in a full crushed orange velvet suit Burnt with orange. stars going down the sides. <laughs> I just have to, you know, in this 2020, you got to have a little fun, and you have to find it yourself. And I found that I love bedazzled clothes, but it is important. Important. And I'm going to start pizzazzling soon, which is the penis vajazzle or the vajazzle. I'm not sure what you would call vajazzled? it. I'm going to get, I'm, just, I'm into bedazzling is what but I'm saying. I think it is important for people to, in, you know, envision the person that's screaming like Mitch McConnell's a dork or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy wearing yeah. a full orange velvet suit. You that, know, I don't think it's as shocking when you see your, yourself or myself. I think it's better than most radio hosts where you like you realize you've been listening to them for so long and then you look at them and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I've been listening to a human like soggy potato. Yeah. I've been and I listening, almost took them seriously. For I've been second. listening to one of those like the big bellied monsters from Doom that yeah. have like the floating the floating uh, no leg mechanical yeah. disc like the, beneath them. It was like the first time I uh, I saw Ben. Um, oh my God! What's the other? Well, the other Ben in broadcasting, the very famous guy. There. Oh, Ben Shapiro. First time I saw Ben Shapiro, just drowning in a small suit, and I was like, "Why? What is going on?" Johnny here? Depp height. Johnny, Johnny yeah. Depp height. Absolutely. Well, we have a bunch of stuff to get to today. Um, COVID. It's still around. We know that. I don't even like to say the C word. We call it the C word here. Uh, But uh, Giuliani did get it. Rudy Giuliani, of course, uh, America's mayor turned America's favorite dumpy lawyer. You know, he He got COVID, (laughs) but uh, he said and he was bragging about it. That's the that's the ultimate is when people get COVID and then they brag about how they beat COVID. And then he added another layer saying, well, I got the best drugs because I'm a celebrity, which is probably um, another indication that we need to separate celebrity from politician from politician lawyer. It is. Yeah, it's amazing. He why is he famous here? A phrase that I have no idea what I'm saying, but he apparently got a very uh, exclusive monoclonal antibody. Ooh, tell me more. I have more. no idea what monoclonal. I just said. I have no idea what I just said, but I know that Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> for some reason, got access to it to cure his COVID. Did you know that James Wood pl- James Woods played him in a movie? No, I did not. But I thought, Rudy. 
I thought that James Wood was James Woods was playing him in real life. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, he's sort of a backup, Rudy Giuliani, oh, James Woods. Ja- wait until 2024 when Trump runs again, and James Woods is not just an actor who supports him, but actually in the cabinet. I that is not even a joke. That's not even a joke. I could fully. Because he's a because James Woods is like a conservative keyboard warrior on Twitter. He, goes, he threatens his, to sue anybody wow. that speaks ill of him on Twitter. It's, Look it's at amazing. That. Every night going to bed with blood on your fingers because you were in battle, in battling people <laughs> on social media. What a hero! So Ben Carson, Chris Christie, and of course Daddy Donald Trump. They all got COVID along with Rudy Giuliani, who got the special cocktail, which again is not. Available for any of us, we're going to talk about the eviction moratorium. Uh, That is going away. So just in case you were getting too cozy on that couch in the house that you're not allowed to leave. Basically, we're living in a world of trickle-down tragedy where you have a landlord. Mm -hmm. Many of the landlords, unless they're these huge corporations that are completely fine, and if they kick out anybody they are more soulless than we already know that they are but if you're just a you know a, someone who happens to have a house and then you rent out that house if you're just a small town landlord i feel sympathy for you as well because you know you have bills to pay and theoretically you pay your bills from the rent that's being paid and so on and so forth which is why we need across the board help and which is why the federal government has failed us worse than we ever imagined they could yeah. isn't that nice But we also have the situation happening with these massive corporations that can more than allow these people to stay uh, with the eviction-free moratorium. But, uh, of course, God knows what's going to happen. They also say because of the evictions that have happened over the pandemic, over 2020, around 11,000 people probably died or may have died. More people may have died uh, from COVID because uh, I always hear when you're out of a home, life is more difficult. And it's probably more difficult uh, to uh, protect yourself from a global pandemic when you don't have a house. And it's very strange because we uh, we live in so different. There's two Americas right now because apparently the like mortgage lending companies are experiencing one of their best years they've ever had. Wow. Actually, good for them. So a lot of people are taking advantage of zero interest uh, loans right now. But at the same time, there are people who will be forced into homelessness uh, by the like this. There is it is just sort of man for himself. Uh, The circumstances that you have been dealt are just immutable. And now we're just going into a year where you you see what you know, you take inventory of what you have. And and that is what you have, because uh, no one is coming to save you. (laughs) They needed to save all of that money they were getting when they were working. At Walmart, yes. you got to save all that money that, of course, you have to spend just to live. You have to have so much money to get over having the amount of money that you can that you need to live before you can even save. It's uh, it's it's an extremely difficult process, and but, our, our our sympathies are with anyone who is struggling right now in that situation. Just briefly here, mm-hmm. just to talk about the two Americas or the two different uh, realities that we're living in right now. All you had to do was lie more, and yes. then you too could be Rudy Giuliani. And this is what he had to say. Uh, he was talking to WABC, a radio station I know very well. This is what he. This is what Giuliani had to say regarding his, quote, celebrity status. He says, if it wasn't me, I wouldn't have been put in a hospital, frankly. Sometimes when you're a celebrity, they're worried if something happens to you. They're going to examine it more carefully and do everything right. So he really has... 
the that ego was, that you that it was Rudy Giuliani that, Rudy Giuliani that said that he has the ego that you would think Rudy Giuliani has, yeah. and you know what? I'm kind of it makes me almost feel comfort. You know, uh, Johnny Depp just uh, resigned from his role as Dark Wizard. Grindelwald, yeah, I and saw uh, was replaced by Mads Mikkelsen. But don't you think Rudy Giuliani looks more like a guy named Dark Wizard Gellert Grindelwald? I believe that if he it- wants to take advantage of that celebrity, I think he should fully embrace his dark mage look that he has going on the dripping black goo <laughs> the, <laughs> so the, funny. Uh, the virus that is ravaging his body but yeah. is being contained by some kind of uh, magical monoclonal like antibody kinda, kinda, given to our given to us by our overlords at Pfizer I feel like he kind of bathes in sort of a gel not quite water yes but just sort of a jelly type Thing. This you could is, probably scrape some like DNA off of him pretty easily. Well, I'm just happy he's still at it. It's 20 years removed from America's mayor. Uh, wow, how different a how life dumb can be. The country was to think that this person was the well, hero Travis, standing on top of the ru- the smoking rubble. You don't understand how difficult it is to give a speech when you're talking. With, you don't know how hard it is to give a speech when you're talking atop a. Basically, a graveyard that is not yet done when it comes to burying the bodies. So we saw him speaking and we're like, wow, that guy really gets it. Followed up by George W. Bush. And we're like, these guys can talk on corpses so good. (laughs) They've got to be the greatest politicians in the history of this country. This is according to Arthur Kaplan. He is a medical ethicist uh, who works with the drug companies. And may I just say this, Mr. Kaplan, not doing a great job. No. Uh, A ethicist who works with the pharmaceutical companies. Uh, This is what he had to say. He said, we should not have had Chris Christie and Ben Carson. And in the case of Carson, with intervention by the president, get Access. He talks about uh, how this is just completely insane, how these are not the people who need the uh, vaccine more than anybody else. And this, again, the irony is this really is the death panels that Sarah Palin was screaming about in 2012. But of course, it did not come from socialized medicine. It is happening under the system we currently have, which is why we need single payer. Okay, so this is what he had to go on to say. He says, That is not the way to secure public support for difficult rationing systems. So basically, we have a White House that is still there, obviously. Everyone seems to be sick as hell, but they can afford it because they can get the vaccine. So whatever it might be, they're doing just fine. They love these cocktails. This is according to Aaron Fox, a senior pharmacy director for the University of Utah Health. She says, one of the challenges is the EUA criteria really are so broad. It could be half of the people with COVID could qualify, but there is clearly not enough. Uh, She goes on to say, unfortunately, that leaves each hospital or each state to develop their own rationing criteria. This is one of those areas, you know me, I don't love the big federal government, okay? But this is one of those areas where it's like, we should probably have kind of a universal uh, idea of who should get the vaccine first. I don't know if we need to leave it up to the states, but the one thing we definitely know, and this is going to go across every state, whoever has the most money will definitely be getting it first. Yes. I mean, there. It, I've taken a look at the sort of the breakdown of where vaccines will go in each state. And it looks like a cross. That must have been a fun night for you. <laughs> it's a fun morning, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't play. I play games at video. Uh, <laughs> 
I play video games at night. I, I don't. Hope so. I don't look at these 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 data uh, charts all night, sir. God. I beat. I I would not have beaten Breath of the Wild like I did this week. No kidding. If I spent my evenings looking at charts. Well, very nice. Um, but uh, so it looks like the first wave of the vaccines will be going to healthcare professionals who have to deal with um, COVID makes, patients on a day to day basis, yeah. obviously, because. Uh, Actually, a good number of people that have died from COVID are the medical professionals themselves. Brutal. Uh, and so then included in that first tier would be uh, nursing home uh, healthcare professionals as well. And then the nursing home residents themselves uh, before then it, it would before going to essential workers, which would I'm be the not, second phase. And you know what? I'm not even going to say anything because that's called a slippery slope, my friend. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, now I do want to say it. Yeah. Do we have do, what? I'm happy that the old. You know what? I think that's great. That's people great. in retirement homes. You just you get it first. Well, Why not? They, I don't. Need, I, I will be the last in line. I don't need it. I'm the good. number that I saw was that forty uh, percent of the deaths of COVID were uh, the elderly. So absolutely. I mean, no, it is, that it is, is true. It is just concentrating where the deaths are happening. But uh, and it's it really is. Did you know that we're considered in LA? We're considered essential workers. <laughs> Podcasters? Yes. There's something wrong. Uh, there is a document that I was looking at that, uh, yeah, essential workers includes the word podcasters, at least in LA, <laughs> in LA County. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to take it when I can get it. And I'm going to say, hell yeah, I am. Yeah. Hell, <laughs> Man, without us, can you imagine how many different kinds of people would be sad? The, and and yeah. with, like all the laughter. Yes, sure, you can't fill a pothole with a smile. But isn't it nice when you go over a pothole? To smile a little bit. And perhaps that's what we give. So crumbling infrastructure, the uh, the economy, you know, hopefully we can have an upswing here in the very near future. People struggling, not working. But at the very least, we are essential because we allow them to smile. Yeah. Even though everything around them is falling apart. And you can you can be you could have a podcast called Come town and be considered. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the, I, I I was looking at uh, some absolutely. lesser known podcasts. Se- Seamanville. Seamanville. Yeah. I saw one called 69 Minutes. There you go. Like that's Why an not? essential worker right there. That is, I mean, hey, <laughs> I'm here for it. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the relief package. This whole thing has just gotten worse last week. And I'm sorry. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. We're just telling you what's happening right now. We are still doing good. And you know what? We still have animals. And we That's still true. have, if you want to have a little steak or if you want to have a tofu, you can eat a little bit. That's little insulting. Fun. I don't know what people do. Don't equate a piece of a piece of tofu with a steak. <laughs> I don't know. I got tofu the other day. It was really good. But then I Googled it and it turns out it was only good because it's a bun- they put a bunch of fat in it. In this tofu? Yeah, it was like to- it was like fat tofu. No, you you, you got to get a you got to get a nice slab of uh, seitan. Okay, yeah, I'll get some seitan. Why not? Uh, so this is what's going on right now with the unemployment lifeline that's happened. And again, you can't have the government cannot force you not to work, cannot stay, cannot tell you to stay home, and then also uh, not finance your life. That's kind of what they have to do if they're going to have these sort of draconian laws. Uh, or these draconian rules that we have to live under, we're just getting, as we all know, screwed by both, from both ends. So U.S. lawmakers are struggling to hammer out another economic relief package. We could have had this freaking thing done three months ago, but for political reasons, it was not. The one that they were going to finally pass was $908 billion, I believe. It's already been uh, and that's, killed. That's already killed. McCon- so- because McConnell is... Uh, 
I mean, he is the guy that is he is saying no to these bills because he doesn't want any money going to anybody. And he just wants that corporate liability shield. Right. And uh, it's just dead on arrival with Mitch McConnell in, in, in the Senate. So even if the Congress reaches a deal, let's just say it happens this week. That's a big if. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, unfortunately. And if it does happen... It's going to make the $1.2 trillion, I think that was the original deal, $1.2 trillion, something like that. Well, It's going to make it look like it was the best thing that's ever freaking happened because it's going to be so whittled down and so small. We didn't even get the $900 billion passed. People are struggling, as we were talking about. And I really do believe when it comes to the Speaker of the House in this case, there needs to be some accountability. And the fact that we didn't get any of this passed it has to have like some ramifications on the political futures of politicians he, who who squandered during a pandemic billions of dollars that was going to go help people just a little bit. We're not even talking. No one's going to get a pool in the backyard. This isn't freaking Chevy Chase in Christmas vacation looking out their back window, fantasizing about having the family over and Uncle Eddie taking a dive off the swimming off the diving board. This is people fantasizing about like. A food in the refrigerator. Yeah, this, this is, is the, not a luxury we're talking about here. This it, is basic human. Uh, this is the richest country on the effing earth, and we're struggling with this because of bad politics. There, and it's it's the really one of the most black and white examples of these people are not doing their jobs. They're not even thinking about you, and it's still it's so people still come out and say um, that you know the. Mitch McConnell handily won his seat. Oh, he crushed him. <laughs> he like, I mean, Lindsey Graham, they spent $100 bucks on that there, race. There is something, and Lindsey Graham won by 10 freaking points. There is something so wrong with our like information ecosystem. If, the, if people like Mitch McConnell... He as, makes as, a lot as, of money for some people. He makes so much money for the wrong people. And it's, yet the people that are not represented in, those, uh, in Mitch McConnell's interests... Uh, they still vote for him. <laughs> I don't. It, it's insane, and um, that I, is the I don't really prong, know what to do. I don't know the, what the, the it, solution is. It's the two prong, unbelievable effect of what the Republican Party was able to do. What you know, they were so smart at at bringing different kinds of individual issues and lumping them all under the same tent. It's what the left tries to do with a lot of social issues, intersectionalism, things like that, trying to bring different groups of people together uh, to form a coalition. But the right was able to do it in really brilliant ways when it comes to the social culture wars. You look at the environment, the people who care immensely about the environment might vote Republican. Many of them do vote Republican. Those people are farmers. Yeah. And they were like, well, yeah, maybe they are destroying our entire, um, maybe they're destroying uh, the environment. They're destroying our crops. They have these huge, massive deals. I don't want to sound like Neil Young, but Monsanto, you know, they haven't, <laughs> they've, been, they've been getting screwed over. The family farm has been getting screwed over for so long, but then they get this sort of wrapped up into the, so they agree with the right on the, on the, on the culture war. And then boom, you also just have to agree with them on the economic side, which is totally screwing over the small businesses and the small local farmer, which is someone, two groups of people we need now more than ever. So if Congress does end up reaching a deal, some 12 million unemployed people would see their benefits lapse just after Christmas. That can't even be more overstated. The holiday season this year 
usually Christmas has sort of a dark tint to it anyway and always in my mind just because everyone is so happy and I'm a contrarian, I think. But this Christmas, I, it, it, it's just breaking my heart thinking about these people who are like, what I mean, it's a giftless Christmas. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. And so let's not worry about gifts. Let's do I don't know more hugs um, mm. with family members that mm. are that are tested or something. I don't know. Just give somebody a hug every now and again. Um, mm. So this is according to Michelle Evermore. She says, which sounds like something out of uh, Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Michelle Evermore. She says we're already too late. Uh, she is an expert at the National Employment Law uh, Project, at the National Employment Law Project. Uh, she says when it comes to states, it's going to take three or four weeks at the fastest to implement the payouts if they ever even happen. That is predicated on the idea that they actually pass something, uh, which isn't necessarily looking great, probably because now the right has a political motivation to not. So before it was the left because we had the election and now the right says, well, screw it. Trump's a lame duck president anyway. What does it matter to us? And again, it's not uh, they're not looking I, I, out. I mean, for, for these for these people that need the stimulus so desperately, it, this must feel almost like what it feels like for your children to like leave you at a retirement home or something like, totally. <laughs> like to just completely abandon you and be like, good luck. Uh, have fun. It's insane. So uh, this is according to Elizabeth Panicotti. Mm-hmm. She says. In some states, that might be a week or two. In other states, we've seen it take five, six, or seven weeks. Again, that's to get uh, the payout to the people who need it. She added, anything that's just the slightest bit different is a nightmare to reprogram. So this whole thing, this whole thing, it's caught up in bureaucratic red tape. And it is like, can you imagine going into this year having any kind of like, faith that the government is going going to be there or like any kind of faith that hey well you know what yeah i'm working my ass off i'm pulling myself up by my bootstraps although i don't think people really have too many bootstraps unless of course they really enjoy doc martens so harlem harlem so you if you had any faith that the government was going to help you out when you were in need throw that idea out the window because that is exactly what we are not seeing right now. A spokesperson for the Illinois Department of Employment Security agreed that the delays depend on how the congressional programs are structured, adding that new programs um, and often extensions of existing ones, quote, take time to stand up. So this is uh, this is a hard time for a lot of people. And we're thinking about you and we hope that you are uh, doing the best you can out there. And this is another great time to remember uh, if you do have something else, you can give a little bit. This would be where we can take care of each other because the government ain't taking care of us one bit, even though they're forcing us not to work, but we can take care of each other. So if you have a little bit of extra cash, um, I don't know, just find someone and throw it at them. Tie it up into a little brick and throw it at their face and be like, take this money because, uh, my God, we have to help each other out here. But we must inflict pain. In the, in the, at <laughs> yes, the same time, absolutely, <laughs> that is the American way. We must inflict pain with uh, the uh, with the actual medicine. All right, and just lastly, on kind of the COVID uh, relief kind of conversation here, um, apparently California they are going to be getting a total of three hundred twenty seven thousand doses. Uh, that's of this Pfizer vaccine. Pfizer, by the way, woo, 
they're going to make so much money. They're going to do great. Oh, that's uh, so cool good, for good Pfizer. For them, man. <laughs> that's it's so like cool. Super, it's like super rad. Whoa. Pfizer's doing great. They really are. They're, like, they're going <laughs> to do just fine. <laughs> so the uh, the vaccine, it will be stored at negative. It will be stored at negative 80 degrees. Antarctic it's a, it's temperatures. A, it's a cold vaccine. Um, so this is according to Governor Newsom, who I don't even like to quote, but this is what he, because you never know what, believe it or not, I heard these politicians are a little two-faced. Yeah. I've heard that. And I heard sometimes they lie. I don't sometimes. Know, I don't know why I've heard that before. Uh, that's why the greatest character, Nightmare Before Christmas, the mayor is so freaking funny in that movie. Oh, because his, t- his face literally. It, it, it's like yeah, yeah. such a perfect analogy for politicians. <laughs> it's so brilliant. Uh, there's a great uh, the movies that made us on Netflix. You're only uh, you're only shouting out um, Nightmare Before Christmas because last podcast shirts are now being sold at Hot Topic, aren't oh, you? Oh yeah. This is a this is a subliminal plug I got a picture. for last podcast shirts yeah. at Hot Topic. <laughs> that was amazing. Somebody took a picture of them in a Hot Topic looking at our shirt, and I was like. We we did we made it to the mall. <laughs> it is really strange the <laughs> idea. That is where I used to buy with a combined everything. rate of seven hundred and fifty pounds. It's the last podcast on the left. They made it to the mall. <laughs> yeah, great! Wow, what a journey. <laughs> I do. I was telling uh, before I get to this newsome quote. I was telling Travis to get exercise the other day. I walked around Ralph's, which is a grocery store here, and my mom used to walk around the mall. And I I'm I'm going to. Now that I'm out of New York City, which is just a human exercise machine, I am finding out that I took a lot more steps in New York than I have here in Los Angeles. I'm going to start mall walking, and I'm going to stop by every hot topic, and I'm going to stand by the t-shirts, and I'm going to be like, "This is a pretty cool shirt." Yeah, and then I'm going to be like, "Is that you on that shirt?" And be like, "Yeah." It is. You've, you have <laughs> taken up the exercise that every old person does right before they die, where That's they walk cool. around the mall shamelessly. I'm going to start selling cigarettes at, at school, stuff like that. It'll be awesome, man. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts— to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother, Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. So Governor Newsom, this is what he had to say. He says, more vaccines will be arriving in the weeks and months ahead, uh, which will be distributed and administered quickly and equitably across all of California. Equitably. Yeah, whatever. As always, <laughs> equitably, as always, it remains critical that we continue to take steps to protect ourselves, our families, our communities by staying home, wearing a mask, and following local health directives, of course, not to not to be too much of a... Jack Skellington. No, not Jack Skellington. Hmm, my favorite mm. commentator, he's dead, <laughs> but I'm blanking on his name. Favorite commentator... What's the deal with license plates? Why do I want to know where you're from? Oh, uh, 
<laughs> Nikki Rooney? Nikki uh, Rooney. No, Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney. Andy yes, Rooney. not to be too Andy Rooney here. <laughs> What's the deal with license plates? Well, why do I want to know where you're from? Um, but uh, anyway, he does, when I see Gavin, he makes me grumpy, and he is—he's doing whatever the hell he wants to do. And we all know the hypocrisy, hypocrisy, sure. hypocrisy alert. Uh, and I think that's what's driving people completely and utterly insane. So insane, as a matter of fact, the uh, conversation of secession has begun once again. That's right. So we'll talk about that well, now. But it's not just typical Texan secession, although I do want to say that I love Texas. But I do want to say this about Texas. You know, that they don't have water and we they need water. And so if they did secede, I think that might be a bit of a pickle. Well, and it certainly would send the water futures soaring on the uh, the Dow Jones or whatever I just so said. So we're in the water war, right? We're we're beginning yeah, I the just, water I war. Sent, I sent Ben a, an article from like Bloomberg or something where water is now on the like California stock market. Or they're basically they're they're recognizing that uh, yes, water will be a scarcity in the very very near future, and so want, we're going to sell it like gold or oil. I don't want to be too Bernie Sanders here. You know me; I'm not a huge Bernie bro, but I have said this before, and I, I'm brave. Okay, hashtag brave. I think water is a human right, and I think that we should all have access to freaking water. That's socialist. How are we going so backwards that we're discussing if people should get water? We need water. Good I lord! I think all people should look like a just a hunk of beef jerky, just dried up. Oh yeah, zero percent water, <laughs> like The Rock. But uh, yeah, so but the- we have a, so so some imaginary news states have come to have come to light, and these are real enough where people had been filing briefs on the behalf of new states, new California, new Nevada, and of course, new Texas, which it's a little bit more common again to hear about Texas and secession, but new California and new Nevada, they had filed amicus briefs on Friday uh, in support of a Supreme Court lawsuit brought by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton aimed at overturning the results of uh, the election. So that is how far these people have taken this idea. The brief says the movement seek to branch off from their states to, quote, stop the lawless actions of the Democratic governors of Nevada and California, specifically when it comes to the expansion of mail-in voting due to COVID-19. That is one of the issues they are upset with mail-in voting. And I don't know why, for the longest time, we have been talking about how voting needs to be more democratic, small d democratic. People need to be able to do it. Yeah, I have no problem with mail-in voting. None of the evidence, air quotes, evidence that has come forward would change the election. And whatever fraudulent ideas people have or whatever ideas people have regarding uh, the legitimacy of the election, mail-in voting did not change the outcome of this election. It just allowed more people to be able to vote. I mean, you know, people have been talking about this for a long freaking time. Why not be able to vote by text? Why not be? I mean, I understand there's a lot of like issues with security and stuff, but mail-in voting, I just feel like it's not that crazy. It's, it's the mail. Well, it is this, it is like a kind of a amazing thing to see conservatives of the GOP teach people that mail is somehow like- It's bad. Bad now. Yeah, the post office it's was like getting shit oldest, on by the federal government. Like it is like so, 
it's like as classic as like a Monopoly piece or something. It, it, like it's not yeah. new. It's not a no. newfangled thing. It's the mail. It's the mail. Like it, it's just amazing that they have re-educated people to think that the mail is a nefarious, like socialist plot, it which is, is uh, it may it, it it should no longer amaze me. But the idea that we've re-educated like millions of people to think that is um it's startling it's it's a crazy yeah. thing to think so the amicus brief goes on to say new california state and new nevada state are directly impacted by the arbitrary and capricious changes in election laws and procedures that occur with unfortunate regularity in the current states of california and nevada this is what the brief argues and again the brief is coming, is representing new Nevada yes. and new California, which don't exist. And by the way, amicus brief, that's not like some big, uh, amazing legal maneuver or anything. An amicus brief is literally like adding a comment to a thread. Like it is, it is somebody saying, hey, I agree with the guy that is filing this lawsuit. Ditto. Yeah, ditto. It's, it's essentially ditto. Ditto heads. Isn't that what they call it, Rush Limbaugh it's fans? It's basically a retweet is what these amicus briefs are. And uh, the new California, the new Nevada, it is literally a guy. It is a guy named Robert uh, Thomas, Robert E. Thomas III. Oh! And he is just sort of representing these fantasy realms. My grandfather hated the mail. My father hated the mail. And I, too, <laughs> yeah, I hate, hate the, the mail. mail. But he's he's representing these worlds, which he is, you know, he's, it's like George R.R. R. Martin coming in and being <laughs> yeah. like, the Game of Thrones world is also saying that the election should be overturned. I think they've been treating these ants horribly. And you know what I always think, too, my most controversial opinion. I'm not totally against the orcs. Yeah. Why were they being so treated wrong? They were being treated wrong just because they're a little ugly. You know that they have love because they have babies and they make love to each other. And we've only seen them at war. But well, I guarantee you orcs, a good barbecue, a nice July orc day, July 4th, whatever they do over there in, in Orktown. I bet you they have a great time. Well, I wonder if they're like uh, breakdowns of orc species, sort of like Homo sapien versus Neanderthal. Sure. Because I imagine the more warlike orcs are sort of more like the Homo sapiens, more intelligent, but also more ruthless. But also after war. See, that's when you want to show up because then everyone's getting hammered to forget how many people they killed or to to forget how wounded yeah, they but, are. And then they get really happy. I mean, it gets sad at some point. Here's what I'll dark, say about but, the, the love thing, though. The Homo sapiens purportedly raped the neanderthals so the more said that this is this is common knowledge no kidding this is common knowledge on um i have a poster that says it actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's like one of those motivational posters Um, are you running an illegal dentist office out of your apartment (laughs) (laughs) but uh uh uh, i i also was wondering like what uh what does new california look like is it like cyberpunk's 2077 where we're just sort of driving a car and our dick shoots out the car (laughs) i am so sad we'll talk more about this uh, amicus brief here in a second or amicus brief amicus um, but I did not get Cyberpunk 2077 because of all the reviews. I'm going to wait, but man, it took them eight years and they still couldn't keep the dick in the pants. Yeah. What <laughs> they, is going on? They, yeah, it was like a, also don't they have to make the dick just so yeah. they make the dick well, and, and sorry, how does it fly this is such the- a, this is such a tangent, but cyber cyberpunk 2077 was just released on the 10th and the game was half finished. I would say. I, I think don't it, get it. And one of the things you can do is you can modify your penis in the game. Oh, you so mod- that is like why they, you can have the John Hamm that is or why the, they, uh, you know, like in the Sims, whenever you try to make your Sims have sex, you know, you can, you I've can, never done it. You can. You, yes, you have. I can see. I never did Sims. You can 
tilt the camera to look under the covers, but if you look under the covers, the Sims have no genitals. That's because in the game, oh. you don't manipulate their genitals. In t- Cyberpunk 2077, you can choose to be cut or so that uncut. Means that, so an employee like worked like yes. three years on dicks. Of but course. they didn't work is on like... Any, is that any more ridiculous than what Rudy Giuliani is doing right now? Though? No. <laughs> it, no, and it's much more respectable than what Rudy Giuliani is doing. I'm just saying they could have focused on it. Seems like the world needed yeah, to be that, built, but they kind of focused on the cut. I that's probably what New California is like. You're you're walking around, you're clipping through Woo. walls, uh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're just sort of blipping out of existence, and then your dick flies out like you're Lenny Kravitz on stage. Oh my goodness. Well, good for him. What a hog. Um, the John Hamm... Or the uh, what's the name of the uh, the rock star that's really bitter because he has such a micro penis? Um, Not Dio. The other guy he was in that comic that our boy made. Oh 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 oh. Uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Uh, this is the part of the show where Danzig it's called. Or something. Yeah, Danzig. Danzig. So you want the John Ham or the Danzig? Uh, I would always just go with something in the middle there because you don't want it popping out of your pants. But if it does pop out. You do want to give them something to see at the very least. So the lawsuit continues here. And again, this lawsuit is the fact we're even wasting time on this as a, on a show, number one, but as a society is insane as we have so many issues going on right now. So the lawsuit representing New Nevada, which doesn't exist, and New California, which again, doesn't exist. Uh, the brief is supporting aims to overturn the results in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia all won by Biden. The suit claims that state officials usurped the power of state legislators by expanding mail-in voting, and that resulted in fraud and irregularities, a claim repeatedly rejected by the courts. And you know these courts, they're all a bunch of beatniks. All these hippie judges out there with their sandals on listening to their hippie music. The courts are not, I'm just going to go out there and Another brave position. I don't think they're hardcore leftists. I don't think they were at Occupy. I don't think they were at the thing that was freaking happening in Portland. These are judges. And for better or for worse, they tend to be a little bit more mainstream when it comes to their ideas. They kind of have to keep up the entire system uh, that in many ways has to be changed. But they are the front lines to make sure that it doesn't in many ways. I just can't imagine that these judges are so radically left that they would turn this lawsuit down outright for political reasons, because that's just not how it works. So Deborah Thomas, a member of the new Nevada board of directors, which again, is just something they made up. They took, they told Forbes, it is a movement seeking approval from the state legislator and Congress to form a rural state that excludes Clark County, Nevada, which is the Democratic center. That's where a lot of Dems are. And in California, it would exclude Los Angeles, San Francisco and other cities. So they just want to like they just want to carve out massive swaths of the of the state that they don't like, even though they I'm sure that they go to Clark County all the time. I'm sure they like to gamble in in Vegas. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But this this is just so freaking ridiculously insane that they would like to have a rural county carve out. Although, again, real talk, despite the stupidity of this, this could actually be solved if they did by district voting where states wouldn't necessarily have a winner take all. If you did a first past the post over 50 percent, I think we could go with rank rank choice voting would be number one thing that we should change. Uh, Let people vote uh, for their top choice. 
And if their top choice doesn't make it over 50%, that goes into their second choice. Whoever gets over 50% first wins. That's the only way we're going to be able to have like three parties. I was talking to my friend the other day who is really, he wants three parties. He wants more voices. The only problem with that is if we don't have a system that you have to get 50% uh or more to win the to win the election, then we're going to have people winning with like twenty four percent of the vote. Right. I mean, even Bill Clinton, what did he get? Like thirty eight percent or something like that the first mm. time he ran. So we do have to be careful that we don't. If we have more, if we have three people voting or three options, actual options on the ballot, you do want to be careful that one of those people has to get over fifty percent. Otherwise, we're going to be ruled by. Some bizarre minority party yeah. that well, doesn't have the interest of the whole in mind at all. If we did do the by district voting that you see in like in Maine or or Nebraska, um, I, I don't see what the problem is. I think is. the electoral map wouldn't look so scary because yeah, because as it is, looking at the general election map, the final results, you look at that giant swath of red, and you, I mean, it feels well, especially awful in twenty sixteen. Yeah, so many people in that uh, area um, support somebody like Trump. But, but at the same time, I know because we're both. I'm from Kansas, yeah, and you're from uh, Wisconsin. You're from a like a Bud Light factory in the Midwest somewhere. <laughs> you know, actually, ironically, Wisconsin's a Miller town. It's a Miller oh, state, right, 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 and New right, Glarus. Right. But I am, yeah, I'm more of a Bud Light guy. I don't know why Miller just doesn't taste good, but we can hmm. talk about that later. But uh, I, I, you would see that. The country is very like striped. Absolutely, and, and, and I think that, would that, be, would, that would make me, f- or I don't know, it would just be more accurate, accurate, really. Yeah. But it would not, it would not look like such a um, dystopian hellscape, like in the center there, where I know there there are such giant pockets of uh, more left leaning. Um, progressive people in in those states and vice versa and the inverse is true That's as true. well yes. with with states like california and uh in new york there's well, a california lot of california so red if you just drive right if you just drive out of la it turns into bible thumping uh conservativeville for sure all right so as opposed to clogging up the courts with a bunch of bureaucratic bullshit uh we could do we could have tangible conversations about actual changes in our voting system that would really affect uh, change in a positive way. And again, uh, first past the post, ranked choice voting, and allow each state to allocate the votes that the counties that, you know, we have to reflect the counties in each state. I think that would make a lot of sense. And you're right, Travis, you look at the you look at the country and you look at the blue and the red map and you're like, holy hell, look at all this division. But if you actually looked at it uh, in a real with a real uh, scientific approach, we are really diverse, and um, and, if the and, map, and we need to recognize that. If the map did look like that, I feel like there would be more confidence. And I don't, I don't think there would be this gi- as giant a backlash from the fraud uh, nonsense talk because yeah. it would look more representative of what's right. actually happening. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So you had something else on New California? Yeah. Well, I just want to say about that the the main lawsuit that the you know the new the new California new Nevada stuff is sort of just sort of dumb confetti right. coming out of nowhere yes, from confetti. this from this stupid attorney that is like a better call Saul level attorney. Uh, but the thing making, I'm sure they're making some money. The too. thing is that main lawsuit, it is disturbing to see how many people sort of have joined in. Apparently, uh, 17 other Republican attorneys general across the country oh, and 106 House Republicans uh, have joined in in the chorus sort of supporting this lawsuit. And it's just like, <laughs> come on, come on. You have new you have new California in there. You have basically uh, Candyland like fighting for Trump world. 
you know, I am just so happy that people aren't going to be convinced by labels anymore. Oh, you're a state attorney general. You must be brilliant. Oh, what was that? Oh, never mind. You believe in new Nevada. Which I don't think is going to be happening. The delusional. We have to stop the conversation too that somehow the country is not going to be together forever. I really don't think this country is going to divide. I don't think any of these nations or any of these states are going to secede ever. It's never happening. Well, I don't know why we have this conversation. It seems like every two years, people are like, "We're seceding." It's seceding, like yeah. we're not. It's not happening. Well, it's like um, if anything, we're going to add more countries. Well, I was going to say the analogy I would use is like. The reason people die of a heart attack is because their arteries are clogged with fat, right? I know. And they can't... Don't look at me when you say that, by the way. <laughs> but the... I, I didn't wait. For anyone that listened to the last podcast, I had I kind of had a bit of a pizza hut. I'm going to call it a kerfluffle. I'm going to call it a glitch. I would call uh, our next meeting an intervention then. <laughs> because that's a lot of pizza. It was too much. But it's like, oh, we're not going to separate the fat from the heart. We're just going to die. <laughs> I, I I think that the the basically the mechanisms that control... Uh, how our democracy works are just going to fail us eventually because this is unsustainable. The the delusional thought. Well, I don't know if it is unsustainable, though, because at the same time, people laugh at it and then we just sort of move well, people on. People on Twitter laugh at it. I mean, yeah. I, that's how we we're talking about how Twitter is this real? Is Facebook real? Is Because I, I am of the opinion that Facebook is just a conservative, like right wing uh, screed world. It's so weird, though, because we can't even agree on that. I was talking with my buddy and he was like, oh, it's super liberal on Facebook. And I was like, I don't think that it is. But then I don't know how much of the algorithm we create with our own actions on there. It is so, the algorithm. It is like being I, it's like putting on a so ocu- is, can it's you like argue- putting on an Oculus VR headset and being like, damn, this place crazy. And it's right. like, yeah, you're wearing your own like you chose the game you're playing. But here. can you argue that any of these platforms are liberal or conservative? Because don't you create what you see? Like, couldn't you just have a totally conservative Twitter and a totally conservative Instagram and a totally conservative Facebook and vice versa based on your searches and stuff? What I've done is I've started following all these Trump people like in a big. So you see mostly conservative stuff on social media. Well, I I mean, I, I follow left. I follow left leaning people, but I'm now trying to incorporate as many Trump people into my feed as possible to see. What? Because I don't think the the Twitter algorithm is super savvy. Actually, I think Facebook is extremely um, intuitive. I think it it delivers you rage content. It, it uh, if you start out, if you like Steven Crowder or whoever who are whoever right. these like conservative celebrities are, that algorithm will then send you further and further down a rabbit hole. And that's the right. algorithm. That's how it works for you. Um, Lou- louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. He's louder. He's got. He does it louder. But uh, I, yeah, I think these are your world worlds of your own making. And then the idea that we're right. trying to like say like, oh, it's such a it's such a liberal environment. It's it like, seems like we have bipartisan support when it comes to disdain of social disdain media, for, though. Well, because I wonder if we're going to see anything move on that. I, I one of the ideas that uh, they were passing mm-hmm. or that they were thinking about uh, addressing anyway was making Jack the guy who owns Twitter, runs Twitter, whatever the fuck it is, and Zuckerberg and those kinds of folks, making them editors, making them have the same laws uh, that an editor has Which, when it comes yes. to like their website and sort of their responsibility Which for the content. Which I think fundamentally misunderstands what social media is. Yeah. Um, that is because they're not that, editors of a, that would change it though. They're like guys who built a sandbox. Right. And then uh, everyone just came and took a big dump it, in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Mark Zuckerberg was like, I did that shit. That's my shit. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. <laughs> but instead they're saying, no, that's not our shit. But people like to touch that shit. Right. People love that shit. It's not my shit. 
Well, it's okay. kind of exciting. But I love that people love to stare at this shit. It is going to be an interesting conversation we'll be having going forward because I just rewatched the uh, the Hulk Hogan documentary. It's not a Hulk Hogan documentary, but about uh, Peter Thiel who um, financed the, oh, yes. The, yes. the fight against, uh, I believe it was BuzzFeed, right? Uh, because they posted- uh, the, Gawker. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Gawker because they posted the, the sex tape, which really no one needed to what see at bu- all. What was it? Bubble <laughs> with his friend Bubbles or something? His friend Bubba the Love Sponge, Bubba the Love Sponge. who <laughs> cucked him out. Bubba the- What a- what a total well, we're going to move on here in a second but <laughs> just just what a total piece of crap Bubba the Love Sponge mm-hmm. yes i mean obviously Hulk Hogan racial slur the whole thing very bad but Bubba the Love Sponge cucked out his wife and then secretly filmed Hulk Hogan a bloated Hogan after fucking his own wife after i just don't what is wrong with people? I feel like that's more just, normal you just than we not, think, actually. No, I don't even care about the cucking thing. It's the secret camera stuff. I don't care if you were in a relationship and I get, I actually understand. You know, we watch a lot of smut. Sure, I, don't look see, at me. You'll, you'll look at some porno. Sure. I have no problem with the idea of getting pleasure out of your partner, getting pleasure from somebody else if that's... If you're if, if that's what you want to do, I wasn't trying don't to defend th- cuckoldry. I was just saying, I, I think that but it's just why are you filming these people. I mean, you you get out to some of these, um, you know, like these parachute villages. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no idea. Like it's no, got, because you're a psychopath. Like, you stop <laughs> drinking and then you're like, but how else can I kill myself? But like you go to any like you go to like a skydiving village and my skydivers the out there know what I'm talking. They're about. all swingers. <laughs> they're all they're living in like, you know, houses all in like one little spot in the forest. They're all swingers. Yeah, they're all they're all going to movie nights and sucking and fucking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really uh, remember how we got here, but. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, that's our stance on people who jump out of airplanes for pleasure. They also have fun sex yeah. with a bunch of people <laughs> and they get all nasty with it. We'll have a good time. Be consensual and be safe. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, Reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. All right. Well, I want to talk about this bill uh, that was passed recently in Pennsylvania. This bill is clearing the way for automated drone delivery, right? Or for automated little robot delivery. But the the thing that is scary about this bill uh, that is going forward in Pennsylvania and many, many other states, we're going to talk about Kansas here in a second, is that literally Amazon helped the legislator write these bills. Um, so this the bill, this was the one in um, in Pennsylvania, the House of Representatives on Monday, uh, nearly a party line vote, but the bill was approved 105 to 97. Uh, that set the rules for operating these autonomous devices that are already permitted in 11 other states to provide same-day delivery services or businesses 
um, to or business to business transactions. So the idea is um, that these are going to, you know, whatever, help you get your things faster. However, the flip side of that is this is another massive power grab by these huge corporations like Amazon to continue to deflate the workforce and continue to line their own pockets. And you know that they take this very seriously. Amazon spent 200 or $2.2 billion rather since 2010 in Kansas. They don't just give away $2.2 billion. As a matter of fact, they probably uh, could, which would be nice Mm -hmm. as their employees are currently suffering, uh, just like so many people across the country, specifically people who might be trying to eke out the smallest of living by being a delivery driver during a freaking pandemic. These companies, FedEx, Amazon, they love this legislation. They love this bill. They want to automate you out of the workforce. This is according to Representative Robert Freeman. Uh, He is a Democrat from Northampton County. He says, uh, this is a slap in the face to the drivers and the delivery people who have been a lifeline to our communities through the worst months of the pandemic. So it really, again, is just so difficult right now between automation, between horrible policies that are being passed across the board for people to, you know, have businesses. And that's supposed to be something that we uh, thrive and was something we're supposed to want to do in this country. So my question, uh, Amazon contributed $2 billion to Kansas in what form? What was that? So we mentioned how Kansas got $2.2 billion from Amazon. And I guess it is a really good question. Like, how? what did that look like? How did they get this money to them? Did they drop it off in a briefcase? Was it like Was it like Walter from the Big Lebowski? Did they throw it over a I bridge? Think that number reflects, um, you know, they built two uh, fulfilling centers in, in, in yes, Kansas. Yes, this was in 2017, I, I think. I remember they were fighting hard to get those fulfillment a part centers. Part of that construction must be considered, a part of the construction of those buildings in, in the surrounding area must, sure. must be considered infrastructure work in some form or fashion. And uh, that money also includes compensation to like delivery workers and people who work at the fulfillment centers. So that is not like a bribe necessarily, um, but it is it is them sort of flexing their in economic engine power in the state to say, hey, yeah. we uh, we deserve a voice, and uh, it's they are going to continue to push for this. The Kansas bill uh, allowing for these automated um, delivery devices failed, but it was just one battle. Amazon and FedEx uh, they have seated similar bills permitting delivery robots in more than a dozen states, and I think the word seated in this Wired article is really disgusting and true. They really do plant this legislation within uh, within our government. They corrupt our politicians. They line the pockets. It's all very classic. But there is a reason that they're doing that. And we can bet our bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. It is not for the public good. I don't believe that this is uh, going to somehow create that wonderful utopia that many people believe technology can give us. This is just more of a power grab by these huge corporations to do away with things that may have been able to save someone's life during a freaking pandemic. We laugh like, oh, it's delivering pizza or whatever. But this is really important for folks and as we uh, as they as they struggle throughout this, this whole year. This is really our future. Is this yeah, it really the is. idea of companies writing our legislation Um because they contributed, quote unquote, so much to uh, a state um, with their with their company, I the mean, Biden I, administration is going to be extremely corporate friendly. I mean, and Trump be. was as well, but this is more of a comfy, cozy Obama era where, like, you know, 
Tom Vilsack is now the Secretary oh, tell, of Agriculture. Tell he, me more. He was the he's the CEO of a uh, dairy export council. So he like is with big milk, <laughs> and hey, he's the Secretary of Agriculture. Like you know, the, keep, stuff stuff as banal as that. It seems like oh yeah, of course the guy that works for milk is going to be the Secretary of Agriculture. Well, that's those, just a little uh, bit of a too cozy relationship with a business for me to uh, uh, sort of appreciate that. Keep that position. those bones strong and your poops liquid. Big dairy. That's Big what dairy. it is. So just going back quickly here to these robots, uh, not to sound, again, too much like Andy Rooney, but you know how fast they go, Mr. Morningstar? I don't care what you're, where you're from. What is the, what is this? <laughs> What's the deal with license plates? I don't care where you're from. <laughs> I don't even know if he ever said that, but they go up to 10 miles per hour. And that is freaking, like... If I get run over by one of these damn things, I'm going to freak the F out. Backers say the law will usher in a future where household items show up in a matter of hours with fewer idling delivery vans, blocking traffic and spewing emissions. Uh, This is according to Dave Martson. He says this is just the beginning of a revolution in transportation. I don't know if I trust these people to build the future is my only problem. We still have a Supreme Court that doesn't use emails. I just don't know if I trust Dave Martson from Virginia. To tell me what the future should look like, this is how we get to the dumb future. The two reference points I have for this are, one, um, when we were in Comic-Con in San Diego, uh, like a year ago or something. Oh my God. They had all these, what are they called? The little scooters? Yeah. Um, um, They're like called pigeons or something. Yeah, (laughs) birds. I think they were called birds. Yeah, birds or something. There's these little scooters that were... Just littered across uh, all of San Diego. And it's a truck, insane. a truck, a guy driving a truck would just go around with the flatbed truck and he'd throw them into the back of his truck. Yeah. And I don't really believe that Amazon or, or FedEx is doing this for the environment. No, I, I don't I, think that's true. This but is, also like the idea of a Segway, like the, the Segway was supposed to sort of revolutionize <laughs> our our life. And it, uh, it, ended you know up killing the, it, can, it ended up killing the inventor of it. Well, it? the guy who bought it. Yeah, he bought Segway. I don't think he invented it. And then he was just hanging out in one of his <laughs> in his estate, and he just drove it right off he a saw, cliff. He saw which a is mirage. Bad. <laughs> That's bad. But yeah, it's yeah. You want to be careful with those Segways. It seems like the the um, the kind of the cooler ones are though. They're they're sort of doing well though, right? The ones where you just step on it and then it goes. They're kind of cool kid stuff, right? Yeah, and then also there's the uh, the scooters in New York, the blue ones where you like pay twenty five cents to get hit by a truck or whatever. Dude, I never understood that. The whole New York, the the city bike thing, good in theory, but of course it's, again, financed by city bike. So the bikes would fall apart. And then just t- everyone's grubby hands on it. I don't know. Well, city bike, they're as heavy as a tank. Like yeah. they're awful to ride. City bike is awful. Uh, like the actual bikes themselves. And real, bi- they're not real bikers, but people who bike all the time, I don't think they use them. I just remember them taking up a lot of traffic. But I also have my thoughts on bike lanes. So there you go. Puffin and I will talk about that later tonight. Wow. Uh, this is according to Dave Marston. He says, these things are going to operate fairly flawlessly, which is what I want to hear when yeah. we have 10 mile an hour robots flying <laughs> at our feet. Uh, and once yeah. people get used to them, it will ease the way like other technologies. This is just the the first wave Utah lawmakers affectionately affectionately called their bill. Oh my God. Do you know what they called their bill in Utah? Imagine what the douchiest, even conservative by Mormon standards, what would they call this? And this is a cool bill for them uh, in Utah. It involves little robots. Operation Brownie Pockets. No, not Operation Brownie Pockets. That's when you have a senator who is anti-gay, but we find out he is gay. Then you call it Operation <laughs> Brownie Pockets. Uh-huh. You want to hide that story. Uh-huh. No, it's called the uh, 
Or 2D2, Bill. Oh, I was going to say Cyber Junk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> so in Utah, it's called the R2D2 bill. Oh, it sounds so fun. Um, but others worry that the bill would mean the future. Uh, what What would the bill, however, mean for the future of sidewalks? This is a, which is like a real. This is like if I'm on the city council, you have to defend very few things. Sidewalks are good. Mm-hmm. You want to keep them safe because you want people to walk on the side so they don't get hit by cars. This is according to Adam Hollier. He's a Michigan state senator. He says, I'm worried about it walking up on a person and losing control. We don't even know how to have this conversation. Like the thing is going to walk up on a person and be like, give me your <laughs> give me your pants. It is like we don't even know what we're talking about yet. Uh, this is what he had to say. He says, so I'm worried about it walking up on a person and losing control. Uh, he said he's also worrying about it. He's worried about it getting stuck in a pothole or climbing up a person's porch and falling through. Isn't that fun? The, I, now I kind of want. Yeah, we don't you really. Know what, now I kind of like the idea of a of a little R two D two stuck in a pothole. I I would help. I don't want to be mean to the robot. It's not the robot's fault. It doesn't know. It it doesn't know. I just don't want to see little Am. I don't want to see Amazon smiling logo. I hate the whole future. Like this whole corporate grin. The whole logo of Amazon drives me insane. So now we're just going to you know see gonna these like little guys. Horror stories too of like being asleep and then you look out your window and there's like an Amazon droid peering into your window waiting for you to wake up and open your like it's they're going to they're going to be they're going to find themselves in weird positions well, and it's th- going to be scary. This is according to John Matea and take it with a grain of salt. He is uh, the director of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. <laughs> so I'm not messing with the guy. That's all I know. You don't you why are you laughing at a teamster? That guy I'm will- not because I'm scared I'm scared of him. Him him and uh teamsters and uh and what what do they got? Those Mexican cartels. I don't mess with either of them. Whatever yeah, they teamsters want. like like River City ransom fighters. Like yeah, they'll, they'll kill you. Yeah. So this is what he had to say. He says we need folks to understand that this technology is very new. These are man made machines, and nothing is perfect. Uh, this is according to FedEx CEO Fred Smith, obviously a massive advocate of this uh, pro- program. He says, we'll come out of this pandemic with a greater understanding of how FedEx can benefit customers and society through these devices. So thank you so much, uh, FedEx. Thank you so much for doing what you do. And thank you for making uh, little robots uh, running around on our sidewalks. Isn't that nice? It's cute. So we do have a few examples of kind of robots gone wrong, which is going to be a new sexy, sexy oh, wow. show. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait for robots gone wrong. At least two people with disabilities have written about how how they had uncomfortable run-ins with the robots on limited sidewalk space, which again, if you're running a town, these are the things that matter. Haben Gurma, a former litigator who is deaf and blind, was surprised this summer when she encountered a delivery robot operated by the company Starship Technologies. She found it on a sidewalk and the robot didn't maneuver around her or her guide dog, Milo. A spokesperson for Starship didn't comment on the incident, but said that the company was, quote, has been involved with with and supports the legislation. So look at that. Uh, in a statement, Amazon spokesperson Av Zabit says, safety is Amazon's top priority, and Scout has been designed for safety and accessibility. Scout is able to stop or safely navigate around pedestrians, pets, and obstacles. So the dumb future is here. And I wouldn't be so upset about it if Amazon, um, you know, paid people, took care of people. And if safety was their uh, top priority, the Amazon um, warehouses would be much, much safer. And uh, people would be treated with a little bit of dignity and they could go take a crap if they had to go take a crap. Because at this point, 
They're not even allowed to use. If I'm Amazon right now, I'm turning off this damn podcast. If I'm Amazon, this is my advice to you. Just be like, you can shit at work. Come work for Amazon. Nah, dog. And of course, you know, Amazon, uh, with that legislation, with the $15 federal minimum wage, they're going to give everyone just that, no more than that. And uh, they're going to continue to crush people who are uh, trying to make a living doing things their own way. So that's Amazon. And just lastly, in uh, in COVID news. Oh, I don't want to do COVID do news have, anymore. I, too, I have some very interesting data here um, from T.O.P. data. What's T.O.P. data? I don't know. It's top data. But uh, global appetite for cookies <laughs> what? are up 36.2% during so COVID-19. Big cookie, big cookie big did cookie. all this. Well, guess what? The rise in American cookie demand during COVID has jumped up 25%. Makes sense. I was 25% I, more cookies are being eaten. I have found that uh, I've been FaceTiming some of my friends and each time I FaceTime them about a month apart, they're like, "Oh, wow. Wow, you're still you're still looking like that, huh? You're getting and it's just we're getting bigger." Here's another startling fact. <laughs> 1 in 5. That's the number. That's the amount of Americans who eat more than three cookies per day on average. <laughs> that's, uh, that's During, what are we, okay, wait, hold on a second. What are we talking here? Are we talking Oreos? I'm glad or you are asked. we talking nice, I'm glad good, you asked. beautiful, perfect, big cookies? I'm glad you asked that Thank because you. Every, you know different states have different cookies. Sure. Chocolate chip cookies. We got Maine, Alaska, South Dakota, Iowa, Kansas. These are people who love chocolate chip cookies. Okay, and done during right. COVID- they're seeking solace in a, uh, basically, you can abuse cookies. And I think yeah. maybe as a country, we might be abusing cookies. Snickerdoodle cookies, uh, oh, these are these are really yeah. popular in yes. Oregon, Alaska, Washington, Idaho, Maryland. You would think these wow, are disparate yeah. states that have nothing in common. But alas, the snickerdoodle cookie has brought them together. Whoa. Sugar cookies, you've got Alaska, Montana, Vermont, South Dakota, and Utah. A little bit more of a uniform. Yeah, uh, I Vermont don't know. is an outlier there, obviously. Oatmeal well, I raisin don't. cookies. I, I just feel like that's you got your bland whites. That's the true. sugar cookie. The Come sugar on. cookie is very. But we have, as a country, gone absolutely cookie crazy, <laughs> and uh, it, it is a. It, it does make me think that for those who maybe are skeptical of the vaccine, perhaps we could smuggle it. Into cookies. Into these cookies. Uh, it sounds a hell of a lot better than taking that shot, but either way, I will take that shot as soon as just it's another, appropriate for me to get it. Just another unintended consequence of the pandemic. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, though, but isn't sugar, isn't big sugar a real problem? It's we hurting more, us. We have more sugar in, than anything here. I talked, I was like, listened to last week's episode, and I was like, I don't, I don't think I should be talking about health. Um, <laughs> but I did, I like Googled it three times, like the word health. Yeah. Um, well, you took all you the, know, you, whenever you go overseas... They, they got less sugar. And I actually like the way it tastes. I love a good bitter espresso. Mm. I love it. Well, just lastly here as well, I guess this is technically a, not a funny story, but a Minnesota town, uh, they voted to allow a white supremacist church. This is so interesting, they, yeah. They, they, like, the city council of a small Minnesota town on Wednesday, uh, they voted to allow a white supremacist congregation to take over a uh, an old uh, Lutheran church there. 
But the irony is of this town, it was the members of the Murdoch City Council. They voted via, via Zoom. Yes. But it was an anonymous vote. <laughs> they, 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 so turned they turned their cameras, turned the cameras off. off. <laughs> but um, I'm assuming that the City Council of Murdoch is not exactly big. Yeah. 312 so, people, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So the white supremacist group, it's called the Astra Folk Assembly. They practice a version of paganism that's called pre-Christian European European spirituality. So the group statement is, uh, we, we astro supports, Mm -hmm. we we astro support strong, healthy, white family relationships. Mm -hmm. So look at that. I've seen those online. According to uh, mayor Craig Cavanaugh, that name's had a hell of a run these past few years, right? Mayor Craig Cavanaugh, he says, we as leaders of the city of Murdoch want people to know that we condemn racism in all (laughs) forms. Uh, However, they did vote to allow this. This is according to co-founder Victoria Gilmard of the AFA. If the AFA approaches people and tries to do any recruiting, people are prepared and are aware of what kind of group they are. So, I don't the, know. The <laughs> idea of like voting anonymously on Zoom for this very kind of dramatic thing. It may, I want to see a like Zoom only version of, do you know that movie Storm of the Century mm-hmm. where they have to vote to see like if they give the baby to the devil? Like I want to see a, a Zoom only oh version of that. God. So anyway, congratulations. If you were in Murdoch, go check out this racist former Lutheran church and uh, I don't know, punch a bunch of people or something. Whatever. Have a cookie. Have a cookie. <laughs> that, you know out. what? Have a freaking cookie 2020. Chill Why out. not? All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode. We hope you're doing all right out there. And uh, you know, the nice thing is truly in positive news, we mm-hmm. are, we're are we moving forward. Time is happening. You know what? The and, thing about uh, time is you can't not make it. You it cannot. Can t- you can't just say stop. Stop. You can't say pause. It doesn't pause. But in this case, we. And what, I wish we could fast forward. And we could just that's everyone, called alcohol. Actually, that is called alcohol. Yeah, David tell us that great time travel bit. Um, but he doesn't drink anymore. Although I think he was maybe happier when he did. But whatever. That is a man like I feel like how David tell looks. Yeah, uh, like I, David tell feels how David tell looks too. I, I feel per, he looks perpetually hungover, and that's how I feel. Just, but then he's been sober for like years. I know, but now. he has that look. I know it's it's amazing. Um, all right, everyone. We'll hang in there. Uh, we are gonna get this. We're gonna get this dang vaccine out here. What do they say? A hundred million people by February, hopefully, and you know, get people on the front lines. People who need it most. If you are an executive, please, God, just have some courage. And if you don't need it, please let people who need it get it. And uh, and hopefully, well, we will next year. We um, we're gonna see your asses. We're gonna go on the road. We're forcing Travis to come with us. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. And he was going to wear a mask. He's going to wear a full. We still have that orange um, suit, I, right? I'm wearing a hazmat suit. <laughs> you're going to see me in a like, well, you're you honestly look like you're wearing a hazmat suit. Shut with, up. Like a bedazzled Whoa! hazmat suit. Roast mode. <laughs> Jesus. All right, everyone. Well, hang in there. Hope you're doing OK. Hail yourselves. We'll talk with you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. 
I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.